Hey, architecture firm owners and emerging leaders, get ready for unparalleled insight into the development of a world-class architecture firm and a worldwide organization driving the digital transformation of the design and construction industry with Build Smart, the podcast that's changing how our profession operates. We share the incredible stories behind innovation in the building industry with my friend and co-host, Patrick McLaney, FAIA, former CEO of the international architecture firm, HOK. You know, Yamasaki's office or firm lasted during his lifetime. And when he passed away, I think that was the end of the Yamasaki office. Helmut did not want that. He wanted a firm that would live out and grow beyond the founders. In season one, discover the untold stories behind HOK's meteoric rise, from 150 employees in St. Louis to a powerhouse with over 1,900 staff members and 27 offices worldwide. You know, they weren't as polite as the Kojima people. That was just boom. And anytime you have a creditor, whether it's Kojima or the bank, that wants their money, unless you can raise money someplace else, you are out of business. Bankrupt. Bankrupt. And hold on tight for season two, where Patrick takes us on a new adventure as chairman of Building Smart International, shaping the future of digital transformation in the design, construction, and operation of built assets. Ian Howell, Ken Harold, and I, Ken was my technical representative from HOK. The three of us took a tour of Europe of five cities in five days. Very busy time. Simply follow the link in the show notes to subscribe to Build Smart Now and uncover lessons that will transform you and your architecture firm. ARCHICAD is the official BIM software of the Entree Architect community. ARCHICAD BIM software enables design, collaboration, visualization, and project delivery no matter the project size or complexity. With flexible licensing options and a dedicated support team to guide us along the way, ARCHICAD is an ideal choice for firms and projects of any size. I encourage you to reach out and talk to the folks at Graphisoft by visiting our own dedicated webpage at graphisoft.com slash US slash Entree Architect. There's even an exclusive special offer waiting for our Entree Architect community. Go now to graphisoft.com slash US slash Entree Architect and see how Graphisoft is positioned to help make your architecture firm a success. That's graphisoft.com slash US slash Entree Architect. My name is Mark Arlapage, and you are listening to Entree Architect Podcast, where each week I speak with inspiring, passionate people who share their knowledge and expertise all to help you build a better business as a small firm entrepreneur architect. Shannon Hughes, welcome to Entree Architect Podcast. Thank you so much, Mark. I am thrilled to be here. I'm excited about this too. You and I have talked offline, or not offline, but but beyond this recording, um, and we are very much aligned with the things that that uh, we ultimately want with the world. And so this is going to be a fun conversation. Let me introduce you to our audience. Uh, Shannon Hughes is a consultant and facilitator with a calling to nurture people-first company culture with small and medium-sized firms. In her practice in live and studios, she brings strategic business mentorship and experiential teaching practices to incite easeful collaboration and embolden transformational leadership. With more than 20 years of corporate marketing and HR strategy experience, plus a lifetime of proven leadership, performance, and creative devotion. I love that, creative devotion. Uh, Shannon combines skill and heart into every Enlivened Studios session. Through this work, Shannon is on a mission to help people live fully, lead consciously, and impact the world with joy and collective aliveness. Now, if you have been listening to this podcast for any amount of time, you know why I'm excited to talk to Shannon, because Right. That's your, me as well. Right. That's those we're, we are talking, speaking the same language here, Shannon. So I'm really excited to, uh, to have this conversation about culture and teams and, and the things that, that our listeners can do to make their little corner of the world better. Great. Great. 
Thank you. Thank you. Yes, indeed. The the conversations we've had thus far were inspiring and have just buoyed me until today. So uh, indeed, we're very aligned. And I've listened to so many of your episodes that are exactly about this, um, about culture. Yeah, it's, uh, it's, you know, the people in architecture is what inspires me, right? Mm -hmm. It's, it's, I love the work that we do. And I love how we impact the world. And we literally change the world with the work that we do every day. But I'm all about the people. I'm about this community of small firms that we've built and helping them move forward is really what I'm most passionate about. I want to know more about what you're most passionate about. I, and I want to understand in your origin story, when did you discover that passion for what you do? And maybe talk a little bit about who or what inspired you to get started. Great. Thank you. It's a great question. Um, and I love that you highlighted that point in my bio about creativity, because whether this is going to make sense off the cuff, or, you know, at the start or not, and I'll explain it. I think creativity really is a, a lot at the core of how I got to where, where I am today. And the reason for that is I'm a big believer that people, humans are innate creatives. Uh, we, whether you're an, um, an architect, a designer, or, you know, anyone who's running a small business, um, and just humans in the world, we are naturally and innately creative. And so I would venture to guess that a lot of us have come to the places that we are in our businesses because we are creative entrepreneurs, um, obviously in our skill set as architects and designers, uh, but also just as people who actually are bold and courageous and, uh, passionate enough to start your own business. I mean, talk about a creative act of, of courage and resilience. Yeah, for sure. It's, it's, uh, yeah. And, and I think I've thought about that, but the fact that you highlighted that point in my bio just really kind of brought that to the surface in terms of my origin story. Um, but my origin story is that, uh, I come from a background, I've got about 20 plus years in corporate. So I did a, I did my time, I guess I could say, (laughs) (laughs) um, in corporate, uh, I worked for a recruitment advertising agency for a number of years, kind of off and on. Uh, and that recruitment advertising is basically, it's an advertising agency that's headquartered in New York, a global advertising agency, but we were really focused on uh, B2B. So working with HR uh, executives, marketing executives of Fortune 500 companies and smaller companies as well to help them identify how they can attract the people that they want to work for them. So yes, it was um, it was branding. It was... Um, finding the value proposition of what it is that that really draws, let's say, engineers to Nike or Hewlett-Packard. Uh, so it was a really interesting kind of space to be. And I played a number of roles while I was there uh, and was VP of, of client strategy for, for a number of years. And so without knowing it, I was doing people and culture work that whole time, right? Because I was basically living in the world of human resources without being a, 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 I've got my air quotes going, you know, I don't, I'm not a human resources professional or or certification from that kind of policies and systems perspective, but managing people, supporting the development of, of people, helping organizations find the right talent based on how they promote themselves and their brands. That's all culture, right? That's all culture. So yeah, my origin story sort of started then. Um, and uh, I did that for a long time and I had small children in, well, they're getting older now, but in 2017, I went, I asked my, presented to my boss that I was working overtime. I was doing too much, you know, um, phone calls by the sideline of the soccer game kind of thing. And and so he uh, shifted my role from VP of client strategy to uh, I still laugh at this financial <laughs> operations manager. All right. Ooh, yeah, not, uh, and I know we're just getting to know each other, Mark, but that's just not my jam. Um, I, I'm a creative and I'm a, I'm a people person. And so sitting in front of spreadsheets wasn't working for me. Uh, so I left, I left the agency, um, amicably. It was a wonderful place to be. Uh, and I kind of ventured back out into redefining and rediscovering my creative creative self. Um, and part of that was going back to take um, improv classes and uh, doing some writing and really just sort of using that time to ideate what I wanted to do next. And it wasn't, it didn't take me too long to see the parallels and intersections of improv theater with how business can be run. 
So while I don't lead with improv necessarily in terms of how I, how I facilitate and how I run my business and the work that I do, I borrow from it um, quite a bit. So concepts like yes and, you know, the idea of yeah. yes versus no but, uh, making your partner look good is another tenet of improv. Um, and just be mindful and compassionate and listening and sort of all those EQ skills that really come into play when you're talking to folks um, like you do every day in terms of how we run our businesses and take care of our people. Yeah, that's very interesting to hear how you describe the tenets of improv, because if you didn't mention improv and you started talking about those things, you could very much be talking about culture building, right? Those same things are what makes good cultures, you know, bringing people together, listening to them, you know, being a positive uh, influence, yes, and right, rather than a no, but um, exactly. those are all things that help grow positive, healthy cultures. Yes. So, so what do you do? Um, I want to just sort of uh, let people understand what you what you do on a, what do you do on a daily basis? Like what does Enliven Studios do? Right. So Enliven Studios is a boutique consultancy uh, focused on defining and nurturing uh, company culture for small to medium sized firms. And so what that looks like is um, my clients can sort of drop in on the process I'm about to describe, depending on what their objectives are. So yeah. it doesn't necessarily need to be the whole kit and caboodle. But the services that I provide as part of this culture consultancy are uh, values excavation, right? So um, in my work and my experience, really leading with values as the foundation for everything that the culture stands for is critical. So a lot of firms already have those values and that's that's wonderful. So let's get to know what they are and embrace them and determine what those behaviors are that we can really put into practice so that our values are being are being behavioralized on a day-to-day -day basis. If we have values of, let's say, play, uh, creative resilience and integrity, great. Those are those are beautiful words. What do they mean to us? What do they mean to the 15, 12, 15, 25 people who work here? And not only what do they mean to us, but how do we integrate them into our meetings? How do we make sure that um, when the CEO does a coffee chat or presents ideas to the organization, that we're upholding those values and that they're shining through explicitly to the people that are working there? How do we integrate those values into the way that we provide um, our onboarding program? Or how do we interview? What do our job descriptions sound, read and sound like? So really keeping those values top of mind. So sort of at the front end of the work is this values work. And again, clients can drop in wherever it makes sense, but values uh, excavation then leads to what I call a um, culture blueprint. So, all right, well, what do we know about what's working and what's not working and how might we integrate these values throughout, throughout how we operate here at XYZ organization or firm? Uh, and then there's the implementation of it. So let's let's roll it out. Let's roll up our sleeves and determine is it is it maybe potentially me that you're looking to support for the onboarding program, or do you have folks in house? How do we then create teams within the firm to uh, to be accountable? Because I'm not going to be here forever. That ideally I'm not. I'm only here for a short time. So who are those people, and how do we establish who the air quotes culture keepers are? Uh, to continue that motivation and to continue making sure that we're realigned to to what we what we say we're going to do here um, at this firm from a values perspective and a culture standpoint. That's a much needed service. <laughs> you know, I think it's a much needed service throughout our society at every level um, to focus on the people and the culture and the relationships among those people. Um, so, number one, thank you for doing that work. Um, and making that something that's happening in our small and, and medium-sized firms. Um, can you, we walk through that process with like how someone who might be listening could do those three things in terms of, you know, checking on your values and excavating your values and, and the culture blueprint and the, and the implementation, maybe using somebody, there's lots of people who listen, who are, who are working for somebody else, who are thinking about starting their own firms. And that's definitely something that they should be focused on, right? Creating this this blueprint for the the future of their firm. 
but a very large um, portion of this audience are people who've been doing this for a long time, you know, 10 people, yeah. 10, 10 years, 15 years, 20 years, and they're still trying to figure it out, right? We're all trying to figure it out. Um, and so I would love to focus on those people, the people who are, who have been doing it and have grown sort of organically. Now they have this team of three, five people, maybe, um, mm -hmm. they want to grow, they want to continue to be successful, but they, they never really focused on this and they know it's something that's important. So there's already a culture established, right? Every organization has a culture. It's just a matter of, you know, whether it's a culture that was an intentional culture or not. Um, right. how does, how does somebody like that? start with sort of looking at their values and going through that process. Yeah. Yeah. Thank you. So I'm a big believer that we, and um, stay with me because this is going to sound a little woo woo. And then I'm going to bring I it love back. Woo -woo. Go for it. <laughs> I'm all, woo woo is real for me. Good, 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 good. Uh, so I'm, I, I'm a big believer in what I bring into this, this work conceptually is that although we are a group of people, right? A group, like you said, five people, let's say, yeah. yeah, sure. We are a group of five people. We are a collective of five people. We are also individuals, right? Who bring our own stories, our own background, our own worldview, our own belief system, whether those have been things we've cult those beliefs we've cultivated our on our own or have been handed to us by legacy yeah. or parenting. So to come together as a team and not and kind of um not acknowledge the fact that we are individuals is doing the organization and the team a big disservice. So when I talk with folks like the ones you're describing, my suggestion would be, let's do a little, uh, a little work around what each of us individually believe are our core value sets, right? So yeah. Mark comes to the table with, you know, I, well, I won't use you. I'll come to the table with values of, um, independence. I, I value, you know, autonomy and independence. Um, these are real values, by the way, but for me, let's just get, say, um, autonomy, uh, creativity and curiosity. Okay. So those yeah. are three, three that I really lead with. And you might have something that who knows yours are a little bit more about, um, uh, tactical or, um, uh, anyway, we've, we've got our own shared value sets, right? So what I usually do is I'll I'll give some teams kind of quote unquote homework to do to identify what our, our individual core values are. And then we come together as a group and I'll facilitate a conversation. Oftentimes there's a lot of laughter. There's a lot of interactivity, the way I design these workshops, because I borrow from improv, but they always have an objective and these huge aha moments because the point of them are let's identify our personal values and then come together and collectively share those and let our shared values as a team here at this firm bubble up from our individual values. And it happens naturally. Of course, it needs some, um, you know, um, intentional and discerning conversation. Um, but it is always a feel good time. Uh, it is always illuminating and it always allows space for each person to be there on their own and then also exist as a team. And so what you're doing is you're co-creating, you're co-creating this set of values together where you've got folks who have skin in the game, they're vested, they've had a voice at the table, they've co-created this value set with one another. And, and the CEO or the leader or the, uh, the, um, the principal of the firm is in that room helping to have those conversations. Um, transparency is an, is a must, uh, honesty, curiosity, uh, really flexing those listening skills, uh, and just an openness to kind of hear what each of us are bringing to the table. And, and th this whole experience, this whole workshop that I'm describing can also happen if you already have your values, because values change, right? Yeah. Markets shift, uh, <laughs> pandemics come, right? Recessions affect what we're doing right. or, or we're, or we're in scale up mode. It's time to really kind of rubber meets the road kind of thing. And now we're ready to hire more people. Okay. Well, let's align with the small group we've got so that as we start to recruit these new people into the firm, they're the people that not only fit us as, with, from a skills perspective, but also fit our culture. Um, 
And uh, it's, but it's really important to have that kind of understanding from a values perspective so we can be discerning about who is a fit and who may not be a fit based on how we operate here. That's where I was thinking is that, 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 that process, which I can see why the value of a facilitator is so important because everybody's individual values are their own, right? And they're real, right? right? It's not something you can manufacture. They are what they are. Um, and, and I could see a scenario where, you know, if everybody's values are in alignment, right. And, and congruent and they work, then you have a great, you know, that culture starts to all, you know, probably is already growing and building and and is healthy, but there are probably also times where the, the, that honesty and that transparency brings conflict, right? My culture, not my culture, my values may be in complete contrast to your values. Right. right? And when, and, and does, does that transparency actually happen in those situations? And if Mm -hmm. it does, and there is conflict, how is that resolved? Is it, can we come together to find common values or is this the point where we realize, oh, that's why this culture is not so healthy because we do have this conflict and we're going to have to make some changes. What do you do? Yeah. I mean, I think that it could be both and, right. It could be either of those different situations. I think that um, when you have conflicting values, I think it's really important. I'm glad you mentioned the facilitation because although, well, I'm going to sort of, uh, challenge the word conflicting because they may seem conflicting, Mm -hmm. right? Um, let's say, well, I'm going to actually give an example from an an actual workshop that I did for a firm, um, on the East coast. And we had a group, it was a a little bit of larger group. There are 20 of us, uh, but not too big. And uh, there was a gentleman there who um, has been with the firm for a very long time. Uh, he's, you know, a little bit old school in, in, in his way of thinking and uh, really kept pressing his, his core value of professionalism mm-hmm. and the way that he was starting to define professionalism and kept really bringing it up with the group when we all came together and started having conversation was about, he, he was using words like critique and uh, it was really not only about professionalism in terms of how he was doing his work, but also how he saw himself as a leader. Uh, now that, and then in contrast, we had some really, uh, some young folks, right. Who are maybe 30, maybe, uh, whose, you know, core values were much more about openness and curiosity and, right. you know, kind of had those like sparkly, ooh, ah, kind of vibe to it, right? So you would you would think that those two things would be conflicting. And, you know, on paper, yes. But if the conversation is facilitated in a way and doesn't need to be somebody like me, this could also be and should be at the end of the day, the the principal and the leadership team within a firm to, to really learn how to skill up on these types of having these types of conversations. But to really invite, rather than seeing those two ideas and those two ways of being as in conflict, well, wow, if I'm a young 30-year-old and we've got somebody who's very established in the firm who really, really holds dear the idea of professionalism, how might I, as the young newbie, borrow and lean in and and um, initiate conversations with somebody like that? Because, wow, what, what what's underneath that, that, that value of professionalism right. yep. that might really support me in my career development? Maybe they're a mentor. Maybe it's someone I'm going to have by my side for the rest of my career. And conversely, you've got the, fo- the, the, the gentleman I'm describing, maybe there's, maybe there's a new way of looking at technology that might really benefit the firm that I, that that person hasn't thought of yet. Or so there's, there's this kind of, uh, I'm using my, my hands here to sort of like a give and take of how do we recognize the value of how each of us, what each of us bring to the table and borrow from that versus seeing it in conflict. And the second thing I'll say, and then I'll stop talking about this question, but it's a really good one, is at the end of the day, we are also a team who are supporting the business. So it's important not to lose lose sight of that because this is a personal endeavor. Culture is very personal, but not to the degree that people have to give away their whole heart and soul, right? right. I mean, there yeah. are there are barriers and limitations to us and and it's work. It's a career. And we have all sorts of other facets of us. So bringing our whole selves to work, I love saying that. And yet whole self, like, you know, you got to reserve a little bit of ourselves for our families and our personal right. lives. So to to kind of maybe if there's a conflict like you're describing, 
how do we kind of, okay, let's recognize that conflict and then realign to the business. What's the business here to do? What's our mission? What's our vision? What's our backstory? How do we want to provide, how do we want to present ourselves to our clients or to the market? What's, what are our awesome projects works that we can celebrate as a team? So it's not so much diversion or, or reframe. It's um, really all about just reminding folks why we're here. We are a culture, but we're, we're, we're a culture that are here to do good for this business, this firm and the growth of this firm. Yeah. That, and that's so important that that ultimately what you're trying to accomplish is to establish your firm's culture, right? That that and right. and my personal my personal values and your personal values may be different, but we can agree that the the firm's culture we agree on that, right? That we want right. to to make that thrive, um, right. and that if it is if it is based in um, uh, values that are in alignment, right? That you may have values that are not in alignment, but these values are in alignment. And we all agree that this is how this this firm is going to grow. Then you can continue and that that culture can grow. And right, you can have your values and I can have my values and we can still love one another, right? We don't have to yeah. hate one yeah. another just because you don't agree with me. Um, right. and, and that's a really important thing, especially in this environment, the world that we're living in today, often it is very black and white. If you don't agree with me, then you're my enemy. Right. And that's not the way life should be. Right. We should love one another and accept that we don't always agree. Let's take a quick break to say thank you to our sponsors for their support of this episode. This episode of Entree Architect podcast is supported by Arcat.com. Can't find the product data that you're looking for? You might be using the wrong search engine. Broad searches result in consumer products out-of-date information and websites that hide or don't have the information that you're looking for. If you need specifications, CAD or BIM, RCAT.com is your search engine. Find and download the up-to-date data that you need fast. RCAT.com is free and requires no registration. So try RCAT today. That's A-R-C-A-T.com. Please visit our sponsors today and thank them. Thank them for supporting you the Entree Architect community. That recognition that we can come together on, on shared values, right? And continue to grow a firm and, and to build a really thriving culture with differences um, yeah. is not only something that's important in a firm, but important in our society that we should be able to come together with some shared values, but also have our own personal values. Exactly. Exactly. And in fact, that that firm I was just describing, we ended up making this the marketing. Uh, there's a couple of guys who support their marketing efforts and they created this glossy you know, uh, sheet that they posted on the wall. And it has each employee's name with their the six core values that they had uncovered in this exercise. And they're using it as an opportunity to to celebrate that yeah. Mark has these six values. Um and I have mine. And wow, I never tell me more, Mark, about what it is about integrity that really that really drives you. Or, you yeah. know, what is it about wow, spirituality is 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 really high on your values list. I'd love to learn more about what that means to you. So it also could be, you know, spark some kind of water cooler style conversations or deepen relationships and give folks an understanding of how we work. Um, what it is that that really kind of pulls us out of bed in the morning and brings us to this brings us to this vocation. Yeah, and I, and, and I can imagine that those kinds of uh, graphics sort of lead into that next phase that you talked about with the culture blueprint and, and sort of yeah. going through this exercise, documenting what you've discovered, and then now say, here's what we want to do in our firm, the plan, right? That's essentially yeah. what a blueprint gives us. How does that work and how can someone uh, implement that in their own firm? Yeah, great question. So uh, despite the size of the firm, right, as you mentioned, culture exists, whether we whether we pay attention to it or not. Um, and also, so do systems and rituals and routines. Um, and oftentimes when the firm is so small, right, we we start with two, then we grow to three, four, maybe five, right? We're, we're nimble. You know, people are wearing different hats. We're sort of picking up where the other person left off. 
So there's a lot of overlap. And so uh, routines and rituals, the way we run meetings, the way we hire, the way we write our job descriptions, how we take care of our people kind of grows organically just be, just by nature of it having to grow organically, right? So unless there's that in, intentionality on day one, which oftentimes there's not because we're trying to grow a business at the end right. of the day, right? Yeah. So here we are with five people and and these kind of way of being has sort of just happened organically. No one really orchestrated it. So uh, now it's time to sort of, now that we've got our values work, um, let's push pause and take a look around. Well, let's uh, let's have some intake. You know, if I'm involved or somebody like me is involved, we'd have some intake conversations to really get an understanding with each, with um, folks in the group. Well, okay, well, wh what is working? H how often do you meet? What is What do those look like? Are they you know, do you have lunch and learns? Are there any sort of casual opportunity for people to uh, get to know one another on a more personal level? Or is it strictly about project updates and, you know, technical trainings? Both are extremely necessary, but how do we incorporate them so that they support the values? Um, I oftentimes think about, well, I, I use in my graphic, I'm glad you mentioned, for the blueprint what I refer to as an employee life cycle. So across the employee life cycle, right, which starts with attraction and then recruitment, uh, training on, uh, sorry, onboarding, training, retention, offboarding. I had to get that in my brain yep. so I can say that correctly. But that's, that's what I use. So um, I would go in and have a conversation and say, okay, let's look at each of these parts of the employee life cycle. What are we doing here? Or what are we not doing here? And yeah. are we some some of them, you know, we're a small firm. We mean we're not going to need a big, huge thing about onboarding and programmatic this and that. Maybe it's just something small, right? So maybe, maybe we start introducing um CEO coffee chats once a month, maybe once a quarter. We um sit down to get the CEO or the firm leader to sit down on a stool, fireside chat way and grab a couple of, you know, donuts into the office and some coffee and just talk about the state of the business with transparency and openness and allow for some Q&A. That kind of trust building work and those conversations, I guarantee will buoy the people who work there and will, will have a huge, huge impact because I'm sure you and I both know that it's surprising how often those things don't happen. Either oh yeah, because, for sure. You know, um, so, uh, so that that's kind of how I approach it is to think about this employee life cycle and then have some conversations both with the principal and with various team members to get an understanding of what's working and what's not working. Um, and I've, I'm filled with all sorts of ideas for how to kind of brighten up a culture and enliven it to um, have some kind of uh, aliveness when it comes to to the uh, to the culture and then and then to have uh, touch bases and check-ins on a quarterly basis. Do these values still uphold us? What do we need to change? Are we growing faster than we thought we were? Are we having to let people go? <laughs> That's a reality these days, right? Yeah. What are our, what's our project workflow? How are we how are we working with our new external partners that we that we just brought on to support the work that we're that we're closing, the business we're closing? Um, those things all have impact. And so how do we keep an eye on those things and continue to bring the team together to have transparent conversations about the impact on us personally as individuals and again, as the collective? So the the blueprint and the implementation are are tied together, right? Yes. You, you document yes. the things that you're going to do that you've learned and you've decided, okay, these are the things that we're going to do. Um, you systematize them essentially. You say, okay, here's what we're going to do in order to, to be intentional about our culture. Um, plant the seeds for the cultivation that, you know, people always talk about cultivating the culture that requires planting seeds. And those things that you described like that, that CEO coffee is a seed, right? You plant that seed, you have that conversation, okay. something blooms from that, something gets better and the culture grows. Um, and so uh, that doesn't happen unless it's intentional. And so by documenting it in a yeah. blueprint saying, okay, here's how our firm is going to continue to grow our culture and make it a, something, a positive culture, intentional. Um, this is what we'll do. And this is how we'll, we'll do it on a daily basis, a weekly basis, monthly basis, annual basis, yeah. just like a business plan. Um, and, uh, and have a really successful culture. Um, 
you know, I think some people hear, you know, culture and positive culture and cultivating culture and intentional culture, almost as if, all right, I'm going to get this business figured out and the business is going to be profitable. And then I'm going to figure out the culture, right? And then I'm going to lay this, paint this happiness on top of my, my successful business. Um, it can't really be that, right? It needs to be this intentional integrated process. It, it's a must have. It's not a, it's not a uh, nice to have. Ooh, you're speaking my language. Uh, <laughs> yes, 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 yes. A thousand times. And, and, and I really think it's important to make mention here for those, for, for your listeners, because I know you do have a lot of, you know, small, small firms who listen to your podcast. This does not, if, if this at all is sounding like a Herculean effort and it might, it might come across like that, right? We're talking about phases. Yeah. We're talking right. about start here and then we do. And those, those kind of, those can trigger, right? Well, God, uh, she just said I had to do this first and then something else. It has a, it has a whole trajectory and it does. But that's why I mentioned earlier that we we can drop in wherever it makes sense. Um, oftentimes, honestly, Mark, it starts with a workshop. Let's just get in a room and play around a little bit with what we believe in and what we want to do here as a firm. Let's take it from there. That might be it. Maybe it's a three-hour workshop. We're done. We feel good. We kind of know our roadmap. We know what we're going to do, and we're off and running. Um, other times, it's deeper than that and wider than that, and it does have a trajectory and a plan, and it takes a little time. Um, all of those things are true. And also only one of those things can be true, depending on what your needs are, what your budget is, what your growth plan is, and kind of where you stand with this work, but do something to your point, yeah. something, just something, because at the very, 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 very least as a leader, you are saying to your people, I care about you. I care about you. I appreciate you. I want you to have a voice. I want you to be at the table because we are a team of people who are doing amazing work in the world for our clients. And I know you're a huge believer that architects can change the world, Yeah, but not if we're going to think about our people as an afterthought. Right. Right. Yeah. It, and you know, the most successful architecture firms I know, small firms, um, are those firms that are growing healthy, intentional cultures, that it's part of their plan. It's part of their, their annual process, their quarterly process is this exact process that you're talking about, making sure everybody is heard, going through exercises. So the culture is, is intentional, that ten, intentional culture is documented and it's, and it's intentional, right? It, it continues as part of uh, what happens in that architecture firm. Um, yeah. So it is, it is part of the business plan. It is part of what you should be doing. Just as important as putting together a financial plan is, is your culture blueprint and your culture plan. Um, lots of architects right now are looking to find help, right? That they're looking to attract people to grow their, their, their firms. Yeah. Um, we talked a little bit about, you know, sometimes we may have to shrink, but the, most of the firms I'm talking to right now are still busy, still looking for people yeah to, to, um, to work with them and can't find the people that they need to, to get the work done. What you're talking about is a critical piece, right? I talk about branding all the time of, of attracting clients through the brand that you build, but the culture is part of that brand, part of that story that people talk about when they talk about your firm. And if you build a positive, uh, healthy culture, that becomes something that people talk about. It's something that that a, a prospective employee will look at and say, that firm is is offering me a lot of money, but that firm is offering me a lot of money, plus it's got a great culture. Or they're not even paying me as much as that other firm, but it's a great place to work. I'm going to go work for that firm that's got a great place to work every time. Yeah. Um, and so it is not only important for the people who are working at the firm, but the people you want to attract to work for that firm. Yes. Yes, a hundred percent. And, you know, I mentioned my corporate background with the advertising agency. We did, I mean, they were larger organizations, but, but the point of it is despite the size, this idea of um, 
employer branding. I love that you brought up branding. Um, yeah. I know that that you have a number of um, other podcasts and conversations specifically around branding. And um, and you're right. And again, that doesn't need to be a Herculean effort, right? It's just determining what it is you stand for right. and how you want to present yourself to the market. And, and the right people will come. They will. Yeah. It does take time. The market is a little tricky. Stay the course, right? Don't settle. Because settling, I mean, the cost of bringing somebody into your firm and onboarding them and training them, I mean, we all know that those costs can be pre prohibitively high. And then if you have someone in your organization who's not a cultural fit um, and or who's and or whose performance isn't what you had thought because, oh, gosh, we just had to get somebody in there. Um, no, <laughs> right. no. A and doing all this work of values and branding really helps just kind of identify that North star for everybody. Yeah. Um, because if I work at your firm, let's say Mark, and I go to a cocktail party or I have a, I don't know, some meet up with a friend and there they say to me, God, you know, yeah, I've got this, all this background in design, but I'm looking for a, well, now I know what you and your firm stand for. I'm not going to necessarily recommend a different firm who stands for something else. Cause I know this person. So the referral rate is high. Right. Right. And your people who work for your firm are the ambassadors for your brand. They're the best ambassadors for your brand, but not without that clarity. Yeah. Yeah. And and like you said before, um, your firm has a culture, whether it's intentional or not, whether it's designed or not, your brand is there, whether you design that brand or not. It, people are talking about you and your firm. Hopefully they're talking about you and your firm, um, but it, uh, hopefully they're telling the story that you want them to tell. Right. And it's the same thing with the culture. Uh, and those are the things that make the firm grow and 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 be successful and financially successful and all the things that you want to happen. Um, yeah. the, the culture and the brand are this integrated thing. Um, this is such an interesting conversation. I'm, I'm hoping that um, that we've inspired some to to get more focused on this uh, part of their business because I think a lot of small firms, because they are wearing so many hats, doing so many things, having so many responsibilities, that sometimes the culture slips. Right. Because because it is it, it is there, whether they intentionally build it or not. Um, yeah. And hopefully it is successful if it's not intentional, um, but it can be intentional and it's not a lot of work. Uh, and so I hope that um, that you listening uh, do take what we're talking about here and implement some of this uh, and just take a first step. Right. Just go through one exercise and see how it works. Um, yeah. Shannon, thank you for for coming by and talking to me with this. Before we wrap up, I want to get your your. Uh, your answer to my one question. Um, what's that one thing? What's the one thing that a small firm architect can do today to build a better business for tomorrow? Sit down and talk with your people. I love the word intention, intentionally, right? Yeah. Um, and it doesn't need to be a high ticket item, fancy dinner. Some, I mean, this is just, hey guys, can I borrow you for an hour, right? I wanted to just check in. I want to check in with you. XYZ is happening with these clients, whatever the case is, right? Let's just realign and say hi to each other, um, have a little levity, remind each other that there's humanity here, um, talk a little bit about the mission and the vision. Hey, do, remember, this is why we're here. Yeah, everybody yeah. agree? Yeah. And just kind of use it as a reinvigorated in the work. That level of, and, and open yourself up for questions and answers. There might be people who have hesitations or they're nervous about something, or they don't really know that there's an open door policy to ask questions or have conversations. And you're going to have introverts. Not everyone's going to have this big boisterous conversation, right. but to recognize that too, not only is it, Hey guys, let's have a conversation, but recognizing and saying explicitly, I understand that not everyone's going to want to speak up during this particular hour session. Please know that you can drop by anytime and I will make space for you. Uh, we just need that now more than ever. We're in such a weird time in the world. Yes, yes. And we need that connection. That's we're wired for connection. We are wired for connection. And that's how we're going to do good work as a team and good work in the world. So yeah. I would say, yeah, transparency and conversation. Yeah. Great, great suggestions. Great advice. I agree with you. I, you know, I, I, about society and the things that we're dealing with today, all you can do is in, impact the people around you. Right. And that's what we're talking about here. 
you have this little corner of the world called your architecture firm, and you can design it to be whatever you want it to be. So why not design it to be the best place it can be that can influence and impact other people that you come in, in contact with? And that's the culture, right? And so if you do that, and you do that, and you do that, and you do that, and hundreds of us do that, the, the world starts to shift. The world starts to move in a positive direction because you're influencing somebody and they're influencing somebody. And that's the compound effect. And we yes. can make a difference every day if you just choose to be kind and choose to build a positive culture um, rather than the alternative. And so, Shannon, thank you for, for the work that you do. Um, being out there, helping firms grow positive, intentional cultures, um, it's such a critical piece to the, the puzzle that we, that we're putting together here called small firms. Um, you know, nobody teaches us this stuff in architecture school. And so to have somebody like you come and, and sort of walk us through a process is, is fantastic. So thank you for the work that you do. Um, her name is Shannon Hughes. Enlivened Studios is the firm. You can learn all about what uh, Shannon does uh, and, and you can, you know, give her a call. Maybe you should come by your studio and do this with you. Enlivened Studios with an S, enlivenedstudios.com uh, is, the, is the website. You can go learn more all about them. Shannon, before we started here, you said that you might have a little gift or a little resource for our uh, audience. You want to talk a little bit about what that is and how they can get it? Yeah, sure. Uh, so I have a, a download that's available uh, for your listeners, and it is called the Five Tips to Inspire a People First Culture. Five Tips to Inspire a People First Culture. And uh, that's exactly what it is. It's simple. It's laid out. It's not high ticket, high budget, high resource, time wise kind of stuff. This is this is the basics. And it's available at um, enlivenedstudios.com uh, slash people first. All right. Enlivenedstudios.com slash people first. We'll have that link and links to everything we talked about today. The website, uh, all of that will be on the show notes. So just go to the show notes for this episode. We'll have links to all of that. Uh, Shannon, again, thank you. I, I always love talking with you. Uh, I love this conversation. I love this topic. I love that people are listening and and you know, taking this back to their studios and to their people and saying, hey, let's go do this. Let's go make this this little corner of the world a better place. So thank you for being out there, um, making the transition from the corporate world so we can have somebody like you uh, work with the firms that we have here. Um, I appreciate that. And thank you for coming by here at Entree Architect Podcast and sharing your knowledge. Thank you so much, Mark. It's such a pleasure um, to do this today. And it's a pleasure to know you. Thank you. If you liked this episode of Entree Architect Podcast, please share a rating, write a review, share a link with a friend. That's how Entree Architect has grown to serve thousands of architects just like you. Please share a rating, write a review, share a link to this episode with a friend. I'd appreciate it. Links to all our sponsors and all the resources we discussed today are available at the show notes for this episode found at entrearchitect.com slash podcast. Entree Architect is a member of the Gable Media Podcast Network. It's the network dedicated to architects, engineers, and construction pros. Listen and subscribe to all the shows at Gable Media at gablemedia.com. That's G-A-B-L media.com. Go check it out. We have, I think, 13 podcasts over there now. Gablemedia.com. And before we wrap up, a special thank you to our partners at Graphisoft for helping our community of architects make the transition to BIM with ARCHICAD software. Go now to graphisoft.com slash US slash Architect and see how Graphisoft is positioning to help make your architecture firm a success. Visit graphisoft.com slash US slash Architect to learn more. Thank you very much for listening to this episode of Entree Architect Podcast. My name is Mark Arlapage. Love, learn, and go share what you know. I've mentioned it to my family, but in terms of telling people like, oh yeah, we're doing this, I'm looking for projects. You got anything? Yeah. I'm, I'm not there yet because it scares the out of me. Dreaming of launching your own architecture firm? Well, buckle up for a wild ride with Emerging. 
the podcast that shares what it's really like to start an architecture firm. Where do we begin? We don't even know what type of business to formalize as. Is it an LLC? Is it an LLP? Like how are taxes? I mean, the list is astronomical. Season one featured founders Jeffrey, Lexi, and Chris, owners of Level Studio Architecture, are your fearless guides on this unfiltered journey from napkin sketches to a thriving studio. One evening, stumbled into one last dive, we sat at the bar and pondered our postgraduate futures. Amidst the conversation, a napkin became the canvas for our aspirations, sketching plans and milestones, sealing our heartfelt commitment and shared dreams. In drawing down dreams on a napkin collectively, that (laughs) then, you know, in your head, you've rooted like, oh, I'm connected to these people, like long term. The process of starting an architecture practice brims with excitement and challenges, demanding meticulous planning, flawless execution, and unyielding resilience. I kind of hate the term because it's so overly used, but I think everybody knows imposter syndrome. And I think it's it's so real to this day. I, I, I don't know if it's with everybody, but with me, I'm always questioning like, us, can we do this? Are we ready to do this? Are we prepared? Can we do it? Did we just decide a name? <laughs> we did it, guys. Oh one that God. came out of nowhere. Woo! It came out of nowhere. I liked it. I saw it. Ready to turn your aspirations into reality? Follow the link in the show notes to subscribe to Emerging and chart your own path to architectural success. Calling all small firm architects. It's time to tap into your full potential with Entree Architects Context and Clarity where inspiration meets innovation. Hey, it's Mark Arlapage, founder of Entree Architect, and I'm inviting you to join my two favorite co-hosts, Jeff Eccles and Katie Kangas, as they bring together authors, experts, and thought leaders for electric conversations with entrepreneur architects around the globe. It's not just a podcast, it's a community where dreams meet action. There is a simple equation there. And what for me, what that did, just doing that basic calculation was, it allowed me to compare what I had actually saved in my retirement accounts to what I thought a possible projected annual spend might be. Artists are temperamental, so beautiful design is gonna be a priority. When the job is done, we're gonna actually need to live in the house, not live with the person who designed it. <laughs> so for me, the, the artistic skill, the architectural skill is most important. And so I would say like, that would be 60% of it, if not more. Gain insights to build a successful practice. Subscribe, engage, and let's redefine your future together. Join the Context and Clarity community, where every conversation adds to your blueprint for success.